0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. When you're an American Express
1: Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until four, so...
0: Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and
1: resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amic. You know.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com
1: slash investing in America. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. Now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, the travel detective, Peter Greenberg.
0: Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome aboard this latest edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. This week, if you've been having trouble dealing with airlines, hotels, cruise lines, or tour operators during COVID-19, welcome to the club, especially when it comes to getting refunds for trips that are clearly not happening. We'll start by talking with the travel editor of The Wall Street Journal, Scott McCartney, about what's going on and what isn't going on and what you can do about it. And then my conversation with Charlie Lioka, the CEO of Travelers United and their ongoing consumer protection fight for passengers when it comes to unfair airline practices ranging from ticket policies to the safety problems created by just the space between the seats, which, by the way, was an issue that existed long before the pandemic. Up first, Scott McCartney. He's the travel editor of the Wall Street Journal and also a regular on our show, The Travel Detective on PBS, Scott McCartney. So, Scott, any refunds coming your way?
2: (laughs) No refunds coming my way, but I do have a correction for you, Peter. I... I, I love the uh, the new destination codes, but I think uh, bathroom needs to be Lou, loo, L O
0: O. Okay, let me let is, me write that down. I'll make that yep. correction. Yep, <laughs> a well, more global feel to it. <laughs> but but here's the problem with with the codes. You can't add in new ones because you're in an enclosed space, right? You only get the bedroom, the living room, the bathroom, and the kitchen, uh, unless you want to add ceiling. Right. Yeah. I in, in
2: on my routine uh, in my passport. I've got office. OFC. OK. And we designated backyard BKY.
0: <laughs> OK. How about how, how about RFND? Oh, no. Too many letters.
2: Refund. <laughs> <taken>. Refund.
0: Yeah. <laughs> good.
2: Good luck. Um, you know, this is this is a huge issue. It's, it's a huge issue for consumers. Um, who have thousands of dollars tied up in trips that they're not going to be able to take. And it's a huge issue for airlines, hotels, tour companies, every, everybody else, Who a lot of whom are going to face bankruptcy. Um, I, I don't think it's fair that they essentially, in some cases, illegally hold on to consumer money because they're running out of money. Uh, they have other ways, in some cases, to raise money that are just not as uh, attractive. Um, but, um, you know, it is uh, it is, it is really tough and hitting the travel business hard.
0: You know, I remember, uh, uh, at least in the state of California and some other states not too long ago, that if you were going to be a tour operator and be registered with the state, you had to confirm to that state that if Scott McCartney booked a travel, a, a travel trip with me, a, a tour for next July, that I had to put that money into an escrow account that I could not attach touched. Until the actual trip departed, um, I think people have forgotten the word escrow. Uh,
2: yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. Um, although a lot of it uh, sort of fell to the credit card companies um, and credit card companies were supposed to be doing holdbacks uh, from you know when you when you buy that tour um, so that the credit card company could have the money to refund you if things fell apart.
0: Yeah, but here's the interesting part of that because when many of my listeners, did, you know, book their trips and their, and their, you know, their excursions on with credit cards. Then the actual tour company said, we're only going to give you a voucher or a credit for a future trip. And when they disputed the charge with the credit card company. It was denied because the tour operator said, oh, no, we offered him a voucher. Yeah. And that's that's not the right way to go, especially if the credit card company was doing the holdbacks. That's right. And, you know,
2: I think there's going to have to be legal action. Um, There's going to have to be, you know, it's different rules in different countries. Um, If you're dealing with a tour operator overseas, uh, you know, we've seen even with airlines, we see, you know, any airline that flies to the United States is supposed to comply with United States regulations. But a lot of them haven't. Even Air Canada. is is saying, no, we're going to follow Canadian rules, um, which give us the right to deny you a refund.
0: And what's interesting about that, if you go back to the U.S. DOT rule, it it involves any airline that flies within the United States to or from the United States, which, as you say, Scott, also includes international carriers. Here's the deal. In some cases, it's contained in the airline's own contract of carriage that you're entitled to a refund if they cancel the flight. And so what, what I see is going to happen is this. As long as your trip, and this, by the way, is not just airlines, everybody, hotels. Tells its tour operators, if your trip is the total amount of your trip is under seventy five hundred dollars, get ready for small claims court. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a parade of cases, and my guess is, and I don't think I'm going to be wrong, that everybody's going to you know the plaintiffs are going to you know going to win because there are like hundreds of small claims court judges trying to get their own refunds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a no brainer. Uh, and 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 what really bothers me is how the rules have changed by the hour. You may go back to this because you wrote the story. Scott, when the pandemic really hit, was declared a pandemic, when airlines started shutting down uh, and routes started getting closed, the airlines didn't change their policies right away. They just didn't want to do it. And then next thing you know, they changed them a little again, then again and again, as the backlash got got stronger. Most of it was involving how much they were going to value the voucher they were going to give you, whether they're going to give you a 10% premium and dollar value over what you paid or up to 25%. And then they started extending the, the, the eligibility saying, oh, you've got two years to, to use the voucher. Well, they might as well give me nine years to use the voucher, but who knows if the airline's going to be around.
2: No, that's right. In some ca- in some cases, true with cruise lines too. I've talked to people who had forty thousand dollars tied up in a cruise, and you know they're older folks, and and they're just not going to go. Um, but the the vouchers, airline vouchers. This is an opportunity, I think, for airlines to win over a lot of good customer, um, a lot of customer goodwill uh, after generating so much ill feelings about this. But they could take the vouchers and they could say, okay, you know what, you can change the name on a voucher. Anybody could use it. Uh, so people could sell their vouchers. They could give it to their children or their grandchildren or whoever might be more willing to travel. Um, they could get some value out of it uh, rather than Boy, being that, that, so restrictive, that's, a gra-
0: that's a great idea. It creates an entire secondary market without any liability financially on the airline.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, if you could sell your voucher for, you know, 80 cents on the dollar or whatever, the consumer would be happy. The airline doesn't have to shell out any money. Uh, somebody gets to travel at a discount and you know it's uh, I think it, I think it works uh, and I think uh, we we've seen airlines relax rules for all kinds of things that the, the travel waivers waivers of change fees and all um there's really no reason why they couldn't uh take these particular vouchers issued during the pandemic and say you know what um with them we're going to give you the consumer more flexibility uh to actually get value out of that voucher. Uh, people would love it. Uh it, it's a easy way for airlines to um win back some some customers.
0: You're absolutely right. In fact, what's really interesting now and and uh, whether it's United American, Delta or any of the other airlines, you got to go back and knock on the door again because initially they they wouldn't even volunteer that you were entitled to a refund if they canceled the flight first and a lot of people unwittingly just said okay well if all all i get is a voucher i guess i'll take it well if you can prove that you didn't cancel the flight first and the airline did and never even volunteered the information of a refund you have a stronger standing
2: I, i know but this 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 particular issue drives me crazy uh um, people you know in all good conscience said you know what the border's closed I'm not going the airline hadn't yet canceled the flight but they called up figuring they were doing the right thing canceled the flight the airline said you're only entitled to a voucher there is only one airline Hawaiian that is actually going back and saying you know what we're, we're going to offer those people uh, a a possible refund uh, the option of a refund if they want and that's the fair thing to do. That's the right thing to do. Um, people got pressured into uh, going ahead and canceling flights when they didn't have the full range of options. And and it's really unfortunate. Uh, you know, United was at the end of April. United was sending people notices that they had to make their changes by April 30th. Um, well, they hadn't canceled a whole lot of flights in May, June, July and, and beyond yet. And you know what? They extended the deadline on April 29th, but um, people really got uh, forced into making a decision that, that cost them a lot of money.
0: I know, and the, and the rules keep changing. In fact, United Airlines basically canceled 95% of their flights for June, but they waited to the last minute to do it. Uh, rule of thumb for the moment, and you and I are going to talk about this in, in, in the next segment, but rule of thumb for the moment is if your flight is showing on the Internet as being scheduled and still operating on time, and it's for June or July, Right now, I would say there's about a 75% chance it ain't going uh, because the states aren't opening up fast enough. And not only that, airlines aren't going to react fast enough because the average load factors are so low, they're amazed that they're flying in the first place, something that you and I are going to talk about, about why airlines are still flying so many empty planes. But bottom line is this, if you, get, if you don't get satisfaction from a tour operator or, or, or a travel agent, or And, by the way, you have to ask the question, as you and I have always asked, Scott, is the travel agent the agent of the airline or, the, or your agent? Or, they, or, or it even gets into the area of booking on an online travel agency because the people who have gone through the OTAs to get a refund have almost always been disappointed. Uh, they always side on the airline because they all want to hold on to the revenue. It's 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 really crazy. Scott, you had a great story just in Thursday's Wall Street Journal on, you know, why empty planes keep flying. And of course, the name of your column, which is so perfect for this, is the middle seat, because we've seen other airlines like Delta saying that they're not going to book middle seats during the pandemic and that, you know, they're going to guarantee that through the end of June. And it's easy for them to say if you're only seven people on the plane. The real question then becomes what happens after this? You know, will will you think there will be you know any kind of regulation because of social distancing? Because even social distancing by taking rid of the getting rid of the middle seat doesn't give you six feet doesn't right. even give you two feet so what do you think's gonna happen uh,
2: you know I think it's a fascinating question and I did start to worry that um, I was gonna have to change the name of the column um, but now I'm pretty sure I don't um, I think the middle seat is staying uh, both in uh, in The Wall Street Journal and in airplanes you know the reality is the airline industry can't make money unless they fill those middle seats and I think for there to be regulations saying they can't fly middle seats the airline Industry is very adaptive. A lot of them don't have a, certainly not many wide-body planes left with middle seats. Um, but you can arrange the the seatings uh, to eliminate the middle seat. But the problem is it it doesn't give you social distancing. Uh, you know, as you alluded to, are you also going to say that you can't have two people sitting side by side in an aisle across an aisle because they're pretty close? They're 18 inches apart. They're not six feet apart. What are you going to do about the person behind you uh, who sneezes or coughs? There's not a in a 12-foot-wide tube to space people apart sufficiently to provide protection. So if you're not providing protection, what are you doing? You're really just giving people sort of emotional comfort. I think it's unsettling to people when there's somebody shoulder-to-shoulder a stranger uh, next to you in that middle seat. To me, the reality of this is airlines are going to want to fill them, uh, and people aren't going to want to fly because of it. So I think it's it's one of the big reasons why the industry is going to be much smaller uh, than it was because people just aren't going to want to get on airplanes.
0: Uh, are you surprised about the frontier announcement and then the retraction? you know, about the $39 to block the seat next to you. You know, we had Congressman Steve Cohen on the show last week talking about masks and also just seat crunchiness. And for that announcement by Frontier certainly got his attention.
2: Yeah, you know, ironically, it's actually something that I've advocated for for years. Um, The the ability, look, an empty middle seat is statistically is a huge driver of comfort. Um, Surveys have shown in the past, if the middle seat is empty, uh, the planes more on time. The flight attendants are friendlier. The food, you know, back in the days when there was food, uh, tasted better. If there's nobody crunching you next to you, it's a much better experience. So why not offer people the chance to pay for that comfort? I would rather pay for an empty middle seat than I would pay for extra legroom. Um, it, I think that concept, that makes more sense. The problem with the frontier thing was they, they were forcing it on a pandemic. Uh, you, you have to pay $39 for, you know, for your life, for your health and profiting from the pandemic is, is not a good thing. Um, so I'm not surprised they backed down from that, but you know, frankly, I would love to see it come back someday as an option that you know a lot of travelers would like to take advantage of
0: speaking of the middle seat being empty how about the entire plane being empty You know, we have a situation now where, you know, the load factors are ridiculous. On some days, they've been single digits. Uh, The average last week on one airline was, I think, 17 people per flight. Unsustainable unsustainable in normal times. But the airlines continue to fly the planes, partly because it was part of their deal when they took the federal bailout
2: money. Well, that's part of it. There are, whole. it turns out, a whole host of reasons why they're flying empty airplanes. Um, Sometimes the airplane needs to get somewhere. Um, The next flight may have, you know, a much better passenger load on it. The airplane may need to get to a particular maintenance space for overnight work. May need to even uh, this one surprised me. They're moving around airplanes for parking spaces. So there's so many airplanes. Explain that again. So many airplanes are now grounded and parked at airports that overnight parking spaces are at a real premium. So so JetBlue, for example, they have some parking spaces in Boston. They got to get airplanes to Boston that night or they're not going to have a place to Park and and I I sure never thought of Boston as <laughs> as a, a place where you would go to find parking because many Boy. times I've been unable to find parking in Boston. The, but the, the,
0: the idea that we would see a day in which there are more planes on the ground than in the air is crazy. I mean the the, the, the yeah. pictures that I've seen and that you've seen of now you know now unused runways with airplanes parked wing to wing nose to nose tail to tail are astounding. Yeah,
2: and sometimes empty flights are going because the crew needs to get somewhere. Sometimes actually because of the people on board. Um, I I know JetBlue flew some flights where they found out that the the six people on board were all healthcare workers going into New York. And they said, you know, we're going to fly those trips to get those people there. I get it.
0: But here's the irony of this. You know, the airlines are keeping their employees through September 30th. A lot of redundancies right now since they're flying essentially empty planes. But when travel starts to, you know, kind of trickle back by September, that's when that government bailout money basically dries up. And the airlines are already telegraphing to their employees, in many cases, be prepared for layoffs.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it's going to be really hard to tell what demand is. We're already seeing situations yeah. where people are complaining that 85% load factor on a flight or, you oh, know, all good. the middle seats are filled. Um, the, so oh, I, the good old days. Yeah, the good <laughs> good old days, but it's scary now. Um, it so is. this is going to be a real problem going forward when they try and figure out how many people to keep, how many airplanes to keep and bring back, and not knowing what kind of travel demand there's going to be.
0: Thanks again to Scott McCartney of the Wall Street Journal. And you can see more of Scott on my public television show, The Travel Detective. And as they say, check your local listings. Up next, I'll talk with Charlie Leoka about one of his favorite subjects. And mine too, passenger rights. You know, when you think about, you know, the latest bailout to the airlines, over $58 billion, a lot of it came with some strings attached about stock buybacks and where the money was going to be spent. But one of the original hopes during that bailout was that it might contain some passenger protection provisions, some consumer protections, something that my next guest has been. Arguing about free years. And so it opens up the door for at least us to have a conversation about it today. He's the president of Travelers United, Charlie Leoka. How are you, sir?
3: Hey, I'm doing great.
0: Glad so to Let's be- go, let, let's go back to that original legislation because when it came out, you know, there were so many things we wanted to see in there. Uh, it was sort of like this pent up demand for, okay, you want the money now. Here's what you're going to have to do to get it. It didn't quite work out that way, did it?
3: No, it really didn't. It, um, the initial discussions were that, you know, if they got the money, they couldn't use it to buy back stock. They couldn't use it to give their executives uh, any kind of bonuses and so on. And all of that got into the bill. But I was looking also to try to get a, you know, something directly for the consumers. We wanted to have a uh, a system set up so that if you were sick, you weren't required to fly. You weren't you didn't have to pay a penalty in order to um, to not get on the plane.
0: You know, let's let's talk about that, Charlie, because I go I go back with you a long time and you've been arguing about this for a long time and. Believe it or not, it also has an application for for cruise passengers, because if you take a look, I'll, I'll, I'll back into this, if you will. Okay. When, you, when you take a look at, uh, at up until recently in the pandemic, the cruise line refund policies were nothing short of draconian within 60 days of departure. And we all remember the days of the norovirus, when, which is basically a gastrointestinal uh, problem that, you know, forces a lot of passengers to have extended conversations with the porcelain telephone but but when that happened I had to go back and see well what could have what could, what could have driven that what you know why would that happen and you can look at those refund policies that if you want to refund your trip or at least you know postpone it because you're not feeling well uh the cruise lines basically say you're out of luck and you lose your entire uh, payment that you have made for the cruise so the the uh, the sort of the anecdotal argument that you could make, I don't know if you could prove it scientifically, although I would sort of bet my career on it, is that <laughs> there are a lot of passengers who were then saying, well, I paid all this money. And even though I think I have the flu or I'm not feeling well, I'm not going to forfeit these dollars. I'm I'm going to show up anyway. And so they're already boarding the pass they're already boarding the ships already sick. So that was the cruise ship model that I was looking at prior to the pandemic, which the cruise ships obviously are now been forced to change their refund policies and rebooking policies. But the airlines are in the same position that the cruise ships were before the pandemic. So now I'm going to let you tell that story, but I mean I I I want to let you know that I know you've been working on this for a while.
3: Right. And and what happened is about two years ago, I actually could go, I got the opportunity to go through exactly this problem. When I was over in uh, Spain on my normal um, adventure of running the bulls, I ended up uh, contracting pneumonia. I went to the doctors, they gave me, they put me on antibiotics, uh, and they said, you just have to sleep. And so... I, was, I, I took the train down to Madrid. I went to get on my airplane, and I was flying out on, on, an American, on a U.S. airline. And I said to them, I said, look, I really shouldn't get on the plane because I've got pneumonia. I know I'm infectious, and I should just stay here. And they said, okay, no problem. If you want to stay here, you can do it. But it's going to be a $300 change fee, and you've got to pay the difference in airfare. And so the whole thing came to almost $2,000. And I went, whoa. I said, just because I want to stay here, you, you know, can't you just put me on a flight, you know, four or five days from now after my antibiotics have kicked in and so on? Oh, no, we can't do that. You, do you have any insurance? No, I don't have insurance for that. And so I just said, fine, I'm just going to go. And I got on the plane. I just sort of kept to myself and uh, slept most of the way across the Atlantic. And, um, and then when I got home, I was just bedridden for almost a week. But that was a situation where they basically forced me, unless I wanted to spend $2,000 to stay in in Madrid, plus my food, plus the apartment and everything else, which I would be willing to pick up. But um, in terms of the airfare, they just really kind of twisted my arm and said, get on the plane. Right. I I doubt they would do that now. Uh, The problem right now is, is that the same law, the same contract of carriage, which said that I had to pay them the change fee and the difference in the airfare is still in effect. So what, what they've done right now is they've changed the, um, the law, but it's all temporary. It's only until, you know, they keep putting out until the end of the, of a certain month and then the end of the next month. Now they take us to the end of the year. And so uh, if we wanted to do the same thing, if, if you walked up and you said, I've got coronavirus and you walked in and, in uh, the middle of next year, they probably say, "Oh, sorry, going by the book, you can't get out of this whole thing."
0: Well, you and know, it's so funny. Not- it, it, it's funny, Charlie, because we all know, and, and I, I understand the sentiment, and in fact, I respect the sentiment of all the major travel providers, not to mention the Fortune 500 companies, who've taken out all those television ads saying, "We understand, we're with you, we're all in this together." I saw one a very funny posting on the web the other day from an airline passenger said. You say we're all in this together. Where were you when you told me my bag weighed 51.5 pounds? Yeah, um, <laughs> and no, you wanted no. to charge me $300 for that. You know,
3: it's it's true. I mean, and I, you know, I have got lots I've got lots of where were you stories. You know, when it, they it used to make me pay $75 to get on a or $50, I forget to get on a, a, an earlier flight. My my flight in from Europe came in early. And my uh, niece and I were waiting at JFK. We just wanted to fly up to Boston, and they said, "Sorry, that'll be uh, $50 a piece if you want to get on an earlier flight." And I said, well, "I don't want to pay $50. You know, that's a hundred bucks." So we just sat there. We had to go through, sit through two shuttles going up there. Finally, they put us on the on our on the one plane that we had our reservation on, and they said, "You know, you have to fly on that plane. You can't. We won't move you." And it made no difference to them whatsoever because the other planes were empty and my plane was empty.
0: I but, know. Well, we're living in a world up until the pandemic where the airlines embraced the uh, the philosophy because they wanted to generate revenue from everything short of breathing. And the philosophy was no waivers, no favors. Um, and they weren't, you know, there used to be something uh, you're old enough to remember this, Charlie, there used to be something called the flat tire rule. You remember the yeah. flat tire rule? For I those of you who don't, I'll tell you what it is. The flat tire rule is, Let's say I was I was booked on a 10 o'clock flight from Chicago to Los Angeles and I'm driving out to O'Hare and I get a flat tire and I got to get out, pull off on the side of the road, get the jack out, replace the, you know, put the spare on. Well, I missed the flight. I show up at the airport at 1020 and in the old days, they'd, uh, they'd say, no problem, we'll put you on the noon flight. And that would be that. Not anymore. Uh, you know, they got rid of that. And it's still up to the discretion of the counter agents, but more often than not, they are, they are being told by their upper management, no waivers, no
3: favors, and you get stuck with that change fee and the uh, difference in airfare. That's right. And, but, you know, I will say this one's for the airlines. If you show up within an hour or so and you just miss the flight, they will normally try to put you on the next flight. But the problem these days is that the flights, until the coronavirus, were all flying at 80 and 90% capacity. Yeah. They were packed. And, and some, and so most of the flights were, t- it just wasn't anywhere to sit. And if you wanted to be upgraded or you were flying on space available, you were just absolutely, uh, out of luck. Yeah. So that ended up happening. And, uh, and it's continued because they've, they're still, you know, that's the way they look at it. And it, it so there's also no waivers and no favors. If they, but if they can, sometimes some airlines will do the right thing. And so they'll, they'll just move you right over.
0: All right so here's the stupid question of the day. We've now just gone through a, a, and still going through a terrible point in our history with travel. Financially it's just, it's just an un, unbelievable the, the amount of losses. Uh the airlines are hemorrhaging money at the rate of sometimes 100 million dollars uh you know a day. Uh this is crazy. Um and uh, uh Lufthansa was was hemorrhaging it just their operation alone was operating, was losing a, a million euros an hour. So I yeah. get that. But when we come out of this, and by the way, I think we're all, you know, I think we're all reasonable people that we, nobody wants to deny the airlines a reasonable profit. But in a situation where we've just come out of this, what do you think the prospects are finally, maybe on a bipartisan level, to get some legislation in Congress that you've been lobbying for that really does protect consumers in some of these key areas?
3: Well, I don't know. We're going to have to find out. I've just learned, I hate to sound, jaded after being in Washington now for about 12 years working on these issues. But I've really learned that we're in a situation where, I hate to say it, money talks. And the airlines have a lot more money. They've got a lot more big uh, people that are working on things. And so the consumers really are, you know, we're sort of hat in hand, really working to get this thing done. Can you really
0: get Congress to agree on something cuz the one thing that travel does it crosses over politics it crosses over you know demographics we're all we really are all in this together and when, when it comes into a engendering ill will among passengers the airlines have no favorites so when we can actually turn things around that doesn't necessarily negatively impact their profit but does improve and make safer our experience what are you looking at Well
3: i mean we right now what we're trying to do is we're trying to first of all we're trying to change the sick passenger rules that's number 1 Number two, we're, we've got other rules such as the full refund rule. If the airlines cancel a flight, they are required to pay you, to refund you, all the money you've spent for that flight.
0: Right. And that rule, by the way, Charlie, is on, on the books already at the U.S. Department of Transportation. And as I said many times on this show before, it's even carried on the contract of carriage of a number of carriers,
3: including Delta. That's right. And then when what, what ends up happening is they end up trying to find a way to get around it. And right now, we've got one one of the uh, major airlines uh, united is basically saying Okay, guys. You know they announced that they're going to cut all their flights by ninety percent, and then they come out and they say, okay, you have to make your decision by the end of May, and about whether or not you're going to cancel a flight or not. And you know that their flight's going to probably be canceled, and so they're really playing a game of chicken with their passengers. Instead I've been of-
0: saying this, yeah. Who's yep. going to blink first? Exactly. And it- here's the problem: you, you bring it up, Charlie. If you have to make a decision by May about your September flight, and you cancel, then you're stuck on the old game of the of the, re- of, the uh, of the fees and the, and the and the rebooking fees. Or that voucher. It has to be them
3: canceling. Exactly, and they know that. And so at first they, you know, they sort of said, "Okay, no problem. You can cancel your flights." And then we had two airlines, United and JetBlue. Those two airlines, for the most part, would say, "Sorry, you're only going to get a credit. And if you don't fly by the end of the year, then we may give you your money back." So in yeah, other words, they're getting a free a free loan of your money that you can spend, or you should be able to spend, because they're not providing any service to you, and they keep it for almost half a year or or nine months, and then they might give it back to you. So it was just um it's just not very good right now and we now have uh airlines sort of playing chicken with you uh once again that's mainly united which is doing that uh and so we've got a real problem and in europe even though the european airlines fall under the u.s rules and regulations they also have their own uh european union rules and so the european union rules are now up in the air because they're petitioning the government to allow them to not have to pay back people, but just provide credits. And then, have a real, then we'll have a problem which gets bigger than only the DOT. Now the State Department is going to have to get involved in it, and this can go forever, and we'll be to the end of the year before anything happens.
0: Although I will say this, under the U.S. Department of Transportation rules that exist now, it applies to any airline operating to or from the United States or within the United States. So even though Air Canada can get a court to rule that they don't have to give a Refund for folks flying within Canada, that doesn't apply in the United States. If you're, you're on an Air Canada flight from New York to Toronto and they only want to give you a voucher, no, the U.S. Department of Transportation rule means they have to give you the refund.
3: That's right. They have to give you the refund. But we're just running, what my only point is, is that we're running into lots of situations now where the airlines are coming up with any kind of excuse not to provide the refund. And the other thing that ends up happening, uh, the big thing about this refund issue has been that the uh, DOT also said that if you got a person to actually um, only take a credit, you now have to go back to that person and tell them that they could have gotten a full refund and then give that person a choice. Exactly. And, and that I have not yet seen the letters that the airlines are sending out.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen that either. They haven't exactly jumped at that.
3: Yeah, they haven't jumped to, to
0: attention on that one yet. Um, and, oh, and we're going to follow up with them on that because that's because what the DOT said in that same letter is that if you don't, we're going to take enforcement action.
3: Right, And we're going to charge you more for the enforcement action. And, exactly. And so I, now I, it's going to be it's going to be a big question.
0: One more thing, Charlie, before we lose you here. And that is, you know, we all know that between now and the end of June, Delta Airlines is basically saying to you, no matter what, What flight you take with us, you're never going to put you in the center seat. Uh, Other airlines have said the same. Uh, And at the same time, isn't it interesting about how we're going to come out of this, whether or not anybody will ever want the center seat? Frontier Airlines today is basically saying that if you want to make sure the center seat is available next to you, You can block it for $29. They're looking for revenue anywhere they can get it. But the other interesting thing is this. While we're talking, while we're on the air right now, American Airlines, talk about not reading the room. American Airlines is sending a lot of their A321 jets to maintenance in Tulsa for one reason and one reason only, to install more seats on the plane. Are you kidding me?
3: It's absolutely crazy. They all know that they're not going to be back to normal, and they're still putting in more seats forever. I just find it really amazing.
0: I mean, well, listen, I- when they do that, I am waiting for the FAA to finally get their act together and have evacuation tests the way they're supposed to be done with a fully loaded plane with a great cross section of age, infirmity, carry on bags, pets. And half the exit's blocked in the dark. They're supposed to be able to evacuate the plane in 90 seconds or less. And they always seem to pass the test because my guess is that they hire the cash from Cirque du Soleil. But right now, if you're going to put even more seats on those planes, somebody has to to hold them to the fire and say, literally, evacuate this plane in less than 90 seconds. And I bet they can't. And that's what I want to see happen. Probably Leoka from Travelers United. Thanks, Charlie. And you can get more information on all the things they're doing by logging on to travelersunited.org and thank you as always for listening to the ion travel podcast for more interviews with the world's leading travel industry professionals as well as answers to your travel questions make sure to subscribe rate or review the ion travel podcast on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts you can also go to petergreenwood.com for the latest in travel news and i'll see you next time on another edition of the ion travel podcast Hey Prime members, Peter Greenberg here. You can listen to Ion Travel ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, and you can listen ad free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. And before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com.
1: Get one of the
0: most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad free on Wondery Plus. Hi,
2: this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News Business Analyst, Certified Financial Planner and host of the Money Watch podcast